Welcome to the Find Your Awesome podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott. I'm your host. I'm an intuitive human design reader, a certified professional coach, and an instigator of joy. And I'm so excited you're here. Thank you so much for listening. I'm excited to share this week's conversation with you. It's with my friend, Samantha Livingstone. Samantha has been on the podcast before. She's an Olympic gold medalist, a high-performance consultant, mental health educator, speaker, an entrepreneur, and a mom of four. This girl is amazing. I mean, you can hear all about her and her experience with self-compassion and her experience as an athlete and her growth trajectory in our earlier podcast. This conversation is more about human design. Sam asked me to read her human design chart a little while ago. And when I pulled up the chart, oh, it's powerful because Sam and I have the same birthday. We're three years apart. And that means that we have a lot in common in our human design charts. We are both four, six manifesting generators with a right angle cross of penetration. We both have gate 57 as our sun personality gate. Translation, we have a lot in common. We're essentially soul twins. And there's still a lot that's different about us too in our charts. Uh, Sam has an undefined ego center. I have a defined ego center. She has a defined Ajna. I have an undefined Ajna. Other than that, in terms of centers, we're the same. She, we have different emotional waves. We are both emotional authority. And in terms of gates, which I call the golden nuggets in our chart, we have a lot that are in, uh, like the same and a lot that are different. And it's, it's so amazing for us to experience human design, having known each other for so many years, like the almost 30 years, maybe even 30 years at this point, and be able to see how our gifts have been showing up in our lives like forever, it feels like, and where it just, oh, all right, you know what? I'm going to get out of the way and let you listen to this conversation. So I love you humans. Go forth and be awesome. Yay. Well, I, I don't have anything to say other than yay. I have no idea what we're going to talk about, where this is going to go, but I'm so excited to play with you. I know I woke up this morning and that was what I said to my husband. I am so excited to play. And he just looks at me like, because he's been with me through this massive evolution going, okay, all right, let's play. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm grateful to be here with you. Oh, I love you. I just love hanging out with you. My soul twin. Yes. <laughs> Um, okay. So we're going to talk about human design and we have very, very, very similar charts. We're both four, six MGs with the right angle cross of penetration. We've got, we overlap probably more than 50% of our gates. And then you've got, we've got a couple centers that aren't the same. Um, but, but there's just so much in common and it's fun having known each other for so long, it's fun to see how like the open centers versus defined centers and the gates and stuff correspond to, oh, that's where things went differently for both of us. Yes. Yes. And this totally. And I think one of the first things in learning that our charts were so similar though, I felt like I knew it, right? Like Mm -hmm. I didn't have to see it to know it was the deep connection that we've always had. I've always felt at home with you. Yes. Like, and I like vividly remember 
seeing you, I think I've shared this story with you maybe more than one time after, I think I was in college, you were like finishing college and we were back at the Beverly Y, which is where we first met and seeing you. And it was like, Oh, like I did like no time had passed, mm -hmm. you know? And it was just so comfortable. So, and that was such a bright spot for me because that was a really hard time in my life. Yeah. I love that you use the word home because that feels so right. Mm -hmm. No. <laughs> oh my goodness. So let's back it up. When did you first learn about human design? By, by listening to your podcast, <laughs> you started. So I think maybe actually before you started talking about it on your podcast, you were posting about it. Mm -hmm. um, but I love, and I, and this sounds so, I don't know how this will come across, but it's, I don't know that I can think of a better word. Like I crave your posts. Like I, I, I look for them and I extract, like they just, they're energy feeling for me. And oftentimes it's like helpful just to feel seen, you know, and this, like what you do, you spark joy. So it's, I, I love consuming the content that you put out and it doesn't even feel like content. It's just like, I don't know, feeling connected to you. And so you started talking about it and I went, the first thing I did, I think similar to you was like, what's this human design thing? And I'll tell you my, so my, now it makes more sense when I know more about my human design. But my first reaction's like, I can't stand things. Like, I hate personality tests. I want something to tell me what I am. And this is like, you know, box me into this little thing so that you can then say, this is how I'm going to be when I'm in relationships. And I think it's also so common in my work world for organizations to say, we're all going to do this thing. And this is going to help us understand each other. And to a point it does, but I also feel it boxes people in and it gives labels where I don't. I want labels. We hate <laughs> boxes and labels. <laughs> yes, no. And so, so I, I, I'm, I'm trying to find that, you know, and this is part of my life's work, leaning into that space where I can appreciate it without judging it and also recognize that it's just not for me. And so I was like, okay, I'm so curious. What is this? Especially because you were talking about it. And I went on and I looked at it and I went, I have no idea what this is, but it looks complicated and I don't know how to read it. And so I think I downloaded um, the Jovian piece and didn't go further than that. And then I just started to listen to you talk about it. And really, it was a trip to Lake Placid when I was texting you. I was, you know, sharing pictures of what Kylie was writing in the back seat, which she's my uh, our oldest daughter. And the thank you. <laughs> you might have to edit that part out, but Kylie's like magnet she just came downstairs for the first time ever and I'm doing calls to come in to say hi um so so we were in the so we played it and it was a long trip it's a three-hour drive on the way to a hockey tournament where you know all my oldest three play hockey and my youngest one tries to and we were listening to the one where you go over all the different designs and at that point I had done mine but I had forgotten what I was <clears throat> and so Rob's and you know I was driving he's in the passenger seat looking them all up and he doesn't know the time that he was born but he, when he listened to the generator, he's like, that's me, totally me. And it just so happened that as you were describing that, the generator part about there, and I think I'm getting this correctly when I say they're the ones that just know, and like if they get bogged down in detail, right? Like they just, they know what they need to do. Is that accurate? Is that the generator? I think well, the generators respond to, the universe is constantly serving stuff up for them. Okay. And they respond to what lights them up. And so there was some part in there about, about like this, knowing what he needed to do, but not getting bogged down and trying to explain away the details because then that like stops his flow. And he's like, 
we were, he was in the middle of building his app, which is now launched. And I'm over there asking all these questions. And he, 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 it was just like, he's like that right there, like that right there is what's going on. And he's like, I don't need to know what time I was born because that's totally me, like listening to the description. And then we arrive at Lake Placid after Kylie had repeatedly asked us to replay and replay and replay. And we'll have to share the picture somehow in the notes of this podcast, yes. like the picture that I sent to you. Um, yes, I'm I'll sure, put it in the show notes. I'm sure she'd give permission, but I was like, I almost fell over at what she was picking up on and she felt so seen. So then I was just like, oh my goodness. I think it was after that, that I'm like, I just need, I need to talk to you about this. I need to learn more. Yes. I'm getting goosebumps again with you talking about how seeing Kylie felt because uh, holy, that's that's what this is all about, right? Mm-hmm. Like finally yes. feeling like you have permission to be yourself. And this year, so you know, she's and I, she's okay with permission. I've been able to share, you know, the struggle with bullying. Like she went through that when like it it started actually like pre-K not directed at her but then became directed at her and so it's been this struggle and as what I know you know you've helped me find language for this like she's like the bird in the tree and she's very slow to engage in environments because she's constantly looking around like that is her and so I'm like you know that I feel the urges to like let's go like hurry up move and I realize that that's how she operates in the world and just sees things differently. And when there is hard energy in the classroom, it's like, they're almost attracted to her. And I don't know if that's part of the human sign, but probably in some way. Mm -hmm. And so it's been a struggle for her and feeling seen. And, and even, even though the people around her respect her, the teachers report, like she's seen as so capable and strong and a fierce leader, like internally, it's been a struggle. And so hearing more about that type, like she lit up. It was a turning point. It really was. It just, so yeah. And the magic of when a projector sees themselves, Mm. oh, then everyone else can see them. It's like them turning on their light because they're Mm. a lighthouse for the rest of us. Yes. And that was that permission to be, because she's faced comments, you know, heard comments because she has her own style. She has her own way of being in the world. And she's faced comments like, yo, that's weird. Or you're weird. And that one really, really cuts deep. It's like triggering. And it's like, no, like this is your style. Like this Mm -hmm. is you and this is okay. And it's tough as like, you, you know, you come into the real world of school and kids trying to find their way and all of that. So, so in a similar way, I felt after our conversation, um, it was like, unlike all other personality tests and things like that, where you feel, I felt, I felt boxed in, I felt in this way validated and almost like in the pieces and parts of my life where I've been wobbly, um, I just go, uh-uh, no, like no more apologizing, like no. free. Yeah. Yes. Cause like, this is actually what your soul picked out. Mm-hmm. And it feels so, it feels free. And I think the default was for so long, you know, what's wrong with me? I'm, I'm, I'm feeling broken or, and that I can, I, I intellectually have done all that work and, and even emotionally healing and working really hard over these last six years, especially, but really for the last two decades. And yes. And now to, to like, to know on a different level, it's just like, yeah, totally. And when you ever said, 
speak emotion into the world, I just start laughing. Like I still laugh about that because I'm like, I shared it with my therapist. So she's traditional. Mm-hmm. You know, she's, she infuses mindfulness into her practice, but as a traditional Western practitioner, you know, you don't know how, like, how is she going to receive this? And I said to her, I'm like, I don't know where, where this will land with you. But she, there were multiple things and I'm, I keep re- looking up at my card I made after um, I took all those notes when I did that call with you and I shared with her some pieces and she's like this one we put on a post-it like this is just a gem you know and so I, I don't know I, I I could just keep talking about it but how <laughs> cool is that like for yeah. me it feels like this like net I can fall into like oh mm-hmm. that's that my soul picked that out for me that's mm-hmm. I am being me mm-hmm. and I I add this little prayer every morning, like, show me how to use my gifts. Show me how to lean into them even more so Mm -hmm. I can be totally lit up and my sparkle will elevate the world. Yes. And that, that's, that's what I, that's actually, that's what I say to myself anytime I'm ready to serve, especially when I go on stage and I'm, you know, I'm speaking to an audience or going to an event or doing a coaching call. It's just let the highest, you know, let me serve the highest good here. Right. Yeah. Use me as a vehicle. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yes, you are here to talk about emotions, to help us heal our emotions, to heal your own emotions, to oh all the things, emotions. And those, so those that know, are familiar with my work and like this transformation, it's like, there's no, I think part of it too is going, oh my gosh, I feel that my soul is, has guided me here. And then to hear that like reflected back, you go, oh my goodness. Like, and, yeah. and wait, <laughs> let, let's take a look at your path. So, Okay. Started out the swimming, Olympics, gold medal, college championship, then biology teacher. Yeah, teacher. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, teacher. So, and that's actually where I saw my career path forever. I mean, I love teaching. I think that I don't know if that's anywhere in there, but it's. I mean, I guess speaking, speaking emotion into the world in its own way. So I was using biology as the vehicle, but really, truly, like if you ask my students. I called on my kids, like, so I taught ninth grade and then also, I guess across the high school, across the grades, because there were kids that had failed biology one or two times that I was teaching as well. And then I also taught mostly seniors anatomy and physiology. And then I was part of the school leadership team leading the, you know, leading the biology group, leading the science department, and then leading on the school-wide strategic planning group. And I thought that's, that was it. And I was lit up about it. And I really, when I think about what I love, that I still geek out about biology in the human body. <laughs> that still gets me excited. And that's something that my, my biological children, like my kids, right? And the kids that, are, that I taught in the classroom, like laughed at me. And every once in a while, my girls will say, mom, not a lesson today. Like, no, <laughs> you don't need to explain. Because <laughs> we were talking about the windpipe and the trachea. And I'm like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> They're like, no. So yes, I still get excited about that. But when I think about what I absolutely love was empowering them and helping them walk to the space of, you know, my favorite was when someone would recognize and, you know, this is worth totally tangenting here, but my master's capstone was on tracking and the inequities in it. And so I taught the two different levels of biology and I would, I would use the same exams, teach the same content. And it's just like, it was such a rub for me. And so I'd often, my 
quote, under, you know, the lower level kids would often outperform the higher level kids. And I would talk about that because it's like, no. So even then I'm like railing against labels and trying to help them see the potential in themselves. And so that's, that was, that was my favorite part. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm seeing so many parts that are in your design. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you've got love of the physical body. That's going to take you. And also your, you, your root is defined and you've got the need to keep moving mm-hmm. and the desire to start things. Mm-hmm. All right. So that takes, that's swimming. That's you yeah. being an athlete. That's, mm-hmm. um, that's going to take you far as an athlete mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Then it, we've got leadership. Mm-hmm. teaching, like trying to lift everyone else up because you know that you're here to change the world. Mm. Um, that like part of strategic planning, mm-hmm. that's you using your specific manifestor skills. Mm. <laughs> um, teaching is giving you the skills you need because you mm-hmm. are a lifelong teacher. Mm-hmm. So it's giving you the sp- skills you need. It's also honing your speaking skills to help mm-hmm. you have the tools to speak about emotions. Mm-hmm. And helping, um, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Just helping. <clears throat> I think what I learned so quickly was that, that like helping help the seeing how people learn, like that was really, really important part. So there's all the different things that teachers do. It's such, there's so many layers, you know, the design of the curriculum and then how you structure the day and then what kinds of things and activities ways of saying something and connecting with the, you know their reality and their lives like how do you do that and that is such those skills I'm so grateful for is what I mm-hmm. still do so you needed these skills to add on to what you already have which is this gift of penetrating energy like mm-hmm. you and I both have this intuition that allows us to like we don't we see through people we see who they really are. We see their masks and are just like annoyed by them. Yeah, it's, tough. it's tough. I think that was really helpful to have you articulate, like put words to that because that, so authenticity is like, I would say one of my top three values. And I used to just think like, oh, it's that I'm, you know, that's rubbing against like in, the inauthentic feel to this conversation or whatever it is, whatever, like there's something not right. Like there's something hidden so having that language of like see being able to see through it, like I'm like, oh yeah, there's the rub. Mm-hmm. And it allows me actually to hold a person with more compassion because it's not like that they're trying to be this way necessarily. Yeah. You're just you're you're able to hold it and go, oh, I just I can see. Okay. And like I can mm-hmm. see it. Most people can't. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's not like they're being totally inauthentic and they probably don't know they're being totally inauthentic. Mm-hmm. And it's just that I happen to be able to see that. And it's not personal. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, I want to just bounce around for a second. Cause I want to talk about your, you've got an open heart center, which means your motivation comes in waves, <laughs> your swimming career. However, like, so there's this belief in society that everyone is supposed to be super motivated all day, every day. Mm-hmm. You got to the top of the Olympic podium. Mm-hmm. And yet your motivation came in waves. Mm-hmm. So can you talk about how you worked with that? Totally. I think that just 
so it's so what was newest to me is that people's motivation sometimes like or is that one of yours right it's yeah mine there. is strong and like, consistent <clears throat> that blew my mind actually there's only 30 percent so, of us that have strong consistent motivation most people yeah. comes in waves so that blew my mind and actually i have to adjust how i talk about motivation because i talk about it as it doesn't like it's it's not the steady state so for some maybe you know some it is for the majority of us it's not and i think that busting that belief that it has to be or that motivation needs to come before action is just that's been part of what i've been sharing and because it was a reality and so i would use metacognitive tricks like counting backward you know to get myself to take action and close the gap between what i knew i needed to do and wanted to do and what i and in the action and once for me, it's, you know, once I take action and I'm able to, in, you know, engage in whatever it is that I'm, you know, that's aligning with my goal, then I, the motivation comes. Like it's, you get the energy hits me after the action. And that's where a lot of people struggle because right. they're waiting we, to take action. Okay. Wait, I just saw that in your chart. Mm. So the action, the action is coming from your root. That's like your body mm. It's pressure from your body. Your body wants to move. Mm -hmm. and then moving lights up your sacral mm -hmm. so you get totally lit up by that and you create your own energy mm -hmm. so yes. I'm, I'm wondering if it's even motivation or if it's just being lit up mm, by moving mm -hmm. yeah well I, would, I, I don't even know if I would know the difference between being lit up and then what motivation feels like yeah yeah I think that um so I've come up with all that you asked, you know, how'd I do it? There's applying today, like what the skill set that I used, I mean, for swimming, let's be real, I had a coach <laughs> and I had to report to that coach and I had to get in the water. And I think back then there was a fear of authority. So there was that part of me, even though I wanted to reject it, I also did. What, yeah, and, that's, you know, I wanted and your soul chose that for you, putting other people yeah. on a pedestal and it in, the way maybe is the way you used it then and now you use it as this knowing that you are your own authority yes. and that other people are their own authority that shift has been so freeing yeah so understanding that this is you know and also it, i mean at the end of the day the coach no coach can make you do anything that you don't want to do and i show you know i choose to attack whatever the coach was saying because i constantly came back to my why and i didn't have that i didn't call it my why back when i was 17 years old and training in the morning time by myself when everybody else you know i'd taken a year off of school so i graduated high school had a year to train before trial so i deferred my college admissions and so that there was a lot of like the coach was on deck but it's up to me to determine how hard i try and so a lot of talking to myself would help with that and then current day, how I use it is as like a mom and working mom and business owner and all the things is I have a five minute rule. So I say, I'm going to start, it's just, I, I'm talking to myself again and I engage for five minutes and then that energy, whether it's the energy or motivation that hits me, I allow myself five minutes before I make a judgment and decision on whether I'm going to continue or not. And some days maybe I can count on one hand, you know, in the last six, six, seven years, how many times I've stopped after five minutes, but I give myself that permission if I still don't feel into it, because we do need rest days too, you know? Um, and if my body need, was just tired and needed rest, then I'll stop. Most of the time I feel more energized and I'm like, oh, here we go. Yeah, 
<laughs> Does That's that answer your question? Yes. And it's so fun to see because um, I don't understand what it's like to have an open heart, open mm. heart center. I do. Mm-hmm. I do think that I have an open heart, um, but open heart center as an energy center because mine is defined. Mm. And so it's so fun hearing how you, it's almost like you don't even need it because your root and your sacral do so much mm-hmm. for just getting you moving. I was mm-hmm. recently talking to um, a few people who have open roots mm. and they their body doesn't tell them it's time to go to bed and their mm. body doesn't tell them it's time to get up. And this is so <laughs> fascinating to me because somebody who's like, body is like bedtime and then like I wake up and I'm ready to go. Mm. And for like, if, if they have an open rope, but they have a defined crown, then they can think themselves or like inspire themselves Mm. into going to bed. Got it. But if they have zero pressure centers. Right. Yeah. What do they do? (laughs) I just realized that there's so much, the pressure from my root is like, I feel it. Like I feel it before I take Micaiah for a walk in the morning. I'm like, let's go. My body like wants to go. Mm, yes. And it's not yes. coming from my head. It's just like this, like, let's go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. My body's excited to move. Yes. And that we just, before we hit record, we're talking about that. Does, you know, I feel good. And, and some, and I think for a while I felt bad about not like when I was a kid, I never sat through a movie. My, I don't think I ever watched one movie start to finish. And I just didn't. I was playing with my dolls or outside or whatever. And th- I felt bad about that. Like, I, like, what's wrong with you? You can't sit still. And so my husband was teasing me the other day, like, you know, like, just sit. It's a beautiful sunny day over the weekend. And I'm like, I can color. Like, I can do, like, I, I feel better when I am, when I'm moving and honoring that. Yeah. Even I'm like wiggling mm-hmm. as I talk to <laughs> you. Yeah. yeah. Well, as I'm yeah. super squirmy over here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I want to move over into your spleen, which is the intuitive center in human design. Mm-hmm. And you've got, yours is totally lit up. Mm-hmm. So for me, when I learned like my spleen is totally lit up, I'm here to be intuitive. Like that shows up so many times in my chart and I just laughed at it because I had mm-hmm. had all these experiences of like trying, like reaching out to my friends who are intuitive and they'd like give me a card reading. And then I'd be like, kind of disappointed because I'd be like, I, I know that. And they were like, yeah, Kelsey, cause you can do this. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so like, I'll go to somebody else. And then they tell me the same thing. And I'm like, Ugh. but <laughs> we're like, who am I to be intuitive? Yeah. And then human design comes and it's like, Hey, by the way, you're super intuitive. And at this point I was like ready to finally accept it. But what was it? How about you? Did you, are you totally owning your intuition? Not yet. (laughs) I'm learning how. I I mean, so when I hear you say that, I think of two different things. I think of, um, or it, 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 so it resonates in a couple different ways. One is the deep knowing and that I, I mean, I've, I feel like I've been connected to her for my whole life. And especially, you know, I think about my dream of becoming an Olympian and that deep connection to curiosity and how far can my body go and just, you know, that longing to know what it would be like. So, so connected. And then it got really 
disconnected and I was battling mental illness and physical injury and a lot of different things and then kind of found my way back but you know you know, and now I'm here again. So that's kind of one path of being able to honor. It's taken a lot of work and a lot of healing and a lot of stripping away the layers and conditions to, you know, so it's been 20 years since, since I stood on top of that Olympic podium and college and all of that. And I feel like I'm now, I mean, I'm listening to her and I, and if I don't, she kicks and screams and mm-hmm. then I pay the price. And then there's another way I, of knowing intuition and I'm not sure which you know, when you ask about it or, or if it's both of, of knowing in a way of like, oh, I, like you're saying like, oh, I, I knew that. And it kind of like deja vu is something that I experience, And that is strange for me. And now I laugh about it kind of similarly. I'm like, oh yeah. And I think that after our daughter had her open heart surgery, which is what forced, you know, this cracking open and healing six and a half years ago, I reconnected with that part of the intuitive piece of me and, and that it's come in so many forms. So like we laugh cause we have an owl and the owl loves to come out during the day and hang out with us. And like, you know, and just certain signs that I, I feel like are so it's like synchronicities all over the place. And so in that way, I feel very connected in, in that knowing. And so sometimes I will know things and I go, Oh yeah, I knew that. But being totally honest, like it freaks me out in some ways. And there there was, you know, there, I felt a lot of spirit for, for a brief time. So it was a few years into the healing of trauma and I was doing tons of energy work and I was like, okay, this is like freaking me out. Like I can't handle this right now. And I had a friend that passed away. Um, He, you know, struggled with addiction and then another friend suddenly passed away and I could feel their presence and a friend of mine's brother um, had died by suicide a long time ago. And I'm like, what do I do with this? Like, what do you want me to do? And I felt like, I don't know what the word is. Just like, who's like, who am I? Like, no. And then I started to smell things. And so, yeah, I think that now I, I'm not as scared by it. And I, and I also have had an amazing mentor and teacher who's helped me do the, you know, with energy work and, and setting boundaries and kind of, just laughing and asking and asking for what I need if I need space. Um, and so in that way, I don't, I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be doing something. And like, then I'm like, I learned from you that I just dropped the supposed to. So I, I did share with you though, that part of it. So, you know, scares at first I was scared. Cause I was just like, what is this? Like this, like I feel energy. And some of the times the energy wasn't, it was dark. Um, the other scared is like, how powerful am I? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that part, I get a little heady with that because of my old perfectionist pathways, which we talked about. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. So yeah. My favorite saying is it just is. Hmm. My favorite saying is, I don't know. I don't know. Yes. It just is. I don't so. know. Um, I want to talk more about the owl because yeah. I've got a relationship with some hawks. And yes. they say, they greet me all the time. Mm. They go and like hang out in places where hawks don't really hang out, like until <laughs> I see them and then they'll like fly away. Yes. Um, yes. And so that's like similar. a sign of like, like eagles, hawks, owls mm. are signs of like intuition. Like it's, it's 
like being a projector, like the bird on the tree, the bird's eye view, mm. the penetrating so, gaze. Yeah. And this, so this is, so you're bringing me back to before I worked with Amber, so who's a mutual friend of ours, when I launched my business on my own. So 2016, I had a, like, wake me up in the middle of the night nightmare. It was a dream about an eagle. And I was in my parents' yard. It was so vivid to me. And it was perched up, you know, just with, you talk about penetrating energy described the way that it was looking at me. And I remember I woke up with a startle because it came swooping down and my husband and I were in my parents' yard and we like bolted into the basement. And I just, so I, so that at that time I was working with the energy, you know, healer and she just like, look it up, like look up what the meaning is, the spiritual meaning of that. And it was something very similar to like the wrong, I'm on the verge of this breakthrough and the timing of it was just, yeah. So the owl appeared when I was pregnant with the twins, which to know that one of my, the twin that I talked about having open heart surgery, like she was one of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, and she's, she's great. She's doing really well now. What so, is her design? So she's an MG as well. Wait, are the twins <laughs> the same? Yeah. Do you see any differences in their charts? I, so you might need, you yeah, could maybe I'll, see. Um, so they're two minutes apart, you know, obviously same location, but they, from what I saw. Now I know a little bit more with the gates and things that I could, but they looked, so they were both MGs. So they're, and then Kylie, my oldest is a projector. And then my youngest is um, a manifester. I love that because, okay, wait, let's talk about manifestors for a second. Manifestors <laughs> don't need parenting. They, no, they know it. They know everything. Oh my gosh. What, Cause that's the one that's like the AF plus plus plus, right? Yeah. That's totally her. So she says her birthday is coming up. This is what she says. I want a sparkly crown and a rainbow <laughs> sparkles. And I want some, but I want a party dress. I'm like, I mean, she just, and she does in, you know, at first we thought like first, you know, fourth child, she just is so independent, fiercely independent. Yeah. But manifestors from the day they're born are the energetic leader of their house. Oh, she totally is. Yeah. Like hands down. Yes. <laughs> it's so funny. So that's what's so fun about this, the way this feels versus other like chart, you know, like things you look up with that cast you into these boxes. Mm-hmm. This is like, I don't know, it's permission slips is what it feels like. Yeah. And every, every type is amazing. Yeah. There's no yes. like, oh, I don't want to be that type. I mean, if it yeah. doesn't resonate with you, then fine. Except that we all have all of the types in us. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, we have a, a dominant type. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah, we, but we all laughed out loud at that one in the car. Because <laughs> they were all listening, you know? Even she was listening. And she'll tell like, the things she comes up with, I'm like, oh my goodness. How are you still three? <laughs> like, yeah, because it doesn't yeah. matter how old she is. Oh, she's like a 30 year old in a three year old body. She really, yes. Uh huh. <laughs> we can talk all day about that. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Um, and I love that. So, as four sixes, that's our profile. Um, we love humans, we love connection, we love our tribe, and we need to remember we're not here to convert the non believers. That's another big permission slip. I, I've leaned on that so many times. I mean, it was like, yes, yes. Like it's just, and I think I spent a ton of energy you know, and that's where 
what I understand of human design is like when you're honoring it, you're in the flow, like it just feel it's what there's ease to it. And when you're in that space, for me, that frustration lights my red flag. And that is like, I can go off the rails with frustration when people don't get it. And I can, because of my skills as a teacher, like work myself to death, trying to get them to do so by trying to figure out what makes them tick and how they learn and what would connect with them. And it's exhausting. And yeah. yet what, like, oh, that, do you feel the ease of just being like, oh, they're not my people? Yeah. Yeah. Because so what, what was, yes, so much so And I'll tell you like a step before that was doing all the work of this recovering perfectionist. And I'm, I've let go of this like FOPO of the fear of what other people will think and I'm releasing their judgment and it still carried a sting. Like I still... As of January, I, I, you know, received feedback and it stung and I couldn't like, even though I could intellectually get it, I brought it to therapy. We unpacked it. It made so much sense intellectually. There was still a sting to it. And then hearing, you know, hearing it through this lens, you go, oh, yeah. Well, like feedback, feedback is not, um, it doesn't go over well for us. What's to deal with that? Because, because it's hard, yeah. Because connection, we love connection mm-hmm. and feedback feels like rejection. Mm-hmm. And that's, okay. and that's yeah, our biggest and that's work. Like we don't want to be rejected. So here's where it goes for me because the, the thought process would go from, you know, instant shame. So with my, you know, just a history of shame and the perfectionism and shame, they go together. They're like best buds. So it's like, if I fell short in any capacity, then the shame comes in and the shame is like, I'm not good enough. So it's not, so it's taken such intense work. And I actually teach this in, in helping athletes and coaches and parents to have, you know, improve their communication and say like, what I'm saying is about your behavior. It's not about you as a human. That was such important work for me to learn. I still, the default is to go exactly what you're saying. If the default is like an instant stab at you're a bad, you're a bad person. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like. Like it, in, and then the work around money as a female and a female business owner, it was like, if I charge too much and then I can't serve them, then I'm a bad person. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what is that? Whoa. That's a lot of unpacking, you know? And this Wait, just gives a new lens. Is money. Uh, yeah. Money's not in your chart. Mm-mm. And that was something, so I, you know, done a ton of work around that because growing up, you know, it was money. My parents started as teens and we had what we needed to get by and they worked so hard. And also I was always afraid, you know, because I peered over my dad's shoulder with zero dialogue and see red numbers every month and would wonder like, are we going to have enough food? And so that scarcity lens is so thick. And it was like strapped on, right? Just really hard to take off. So we've been doing a ton of, I've been doing a ton of work around this, especially as a business owner and just standing in, you know, when you own a business and I'm the product, like, you know, like the transformation's the product, but they're purchasing time with me or they're having me come out to speak. And so then when you connect a financial, like a dollar amount to that, it feels like I'm valuing me. And in a way, I am, but I had it. So it's just untangling all this to say there's value in what I do and seeing that then it's like, here's, here's what it's worth energetically for me to bring. 
And if they can't, they can't. That's not for me to worry about, but I would relentlessly ruminate over whether or not they could afford it when it's not my place to decide whether they could afford it. So when I shared with her, my therapist, that that money, you know, it wasn't my motivation, but that together, like it's, you know, my motivation, I forget what my is service of others. Or it's impact. Right? Impact. Yes. Mm-hmm. How can I forget that? Um, so impact. And it's also okay to make money. Yeah. So she was like, put that on a post-it. <laughs> like, yes. Because <laughs> yes. we've been working hard that that you, that both can be true and held together. And I think that's just something you know, I really long for a day where there's financial transparency, where like, you know, the silence around money is like, it just is such room for shame, you know, shame grows in silence. And so especially as a speaker, not that many of us that are female, and there's like, it's like, one person gets paid X number of dollars to this event and you talk to, you know, like you find out that, that you, you're doing it for free and you're just like, what in the world? Like, what is this? It's such a, you know, what mind. <laughs> like, so bringing that to that is another one, even though money is not my motivation, it's been a process of holding both together. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Is that similar for you? Are we similar there? It's yeah. I'm I'm driven by impact. impact. I'm also driven by the desire to be seen. Mm. Um, which is again the authenticity piece. Like mm-hmm. I remember applying for colleges and wanting people to just come and see me. Like, can't I just like? Can't they just see me? I just want them to see me. Like, I remember yeah. those words so strongly. Like, yeah. I don't want to do an application. I want them to see me. Yes. I don't want to take these stupid tests. I want them to see me. Oh, that's so, in- I love that. And I it's come I- up so many times in my life too. Like people, yeah. I was a personal trainer for like four years. Some, maybe not, I've, I'm horrible with time. I have no idea how long mm-hmm. I was a personal trainer, but um, still having people to this day think I'm a personal trainer. And I'm like that, like it kind of burns. I'm like, don't see me. I'm not, Mm. not a personal trainer. Oh, I love it. But so learning about it is helpful for you because you can see, oh, that's that desire. Yeah. And it, I, so it's like, as we talk, it's like the more I see how it's, this awareness allows us to extend the gift of compassion. So it's not like, it's not them personally attacking you or. Right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and then the impact is this desire. It's a desire to make impact. And yet my self-worth isn't tied up in my ability to make an impact. Mm. Does that, do you know what I mean by that? Mm -hmm. I really want to reach people. Yeah. And I don't need to be, I wonder is mine or are they, is that that's the same for both of us? Yeah. Yeah, that's taken letting go. So it's so wild how you, as you, you, you know, dive into this world, you see the conditions clearly, mm-hmm. like the conditions that have been picked up along the way. Yeah, because that impact, like knowing, okay, I'm going to do my best. Like this is, this is a, to bring it to like real time world, right? So you do an event, I do a keynote. I can impact, you know, I'm not going to impact everybody. That was hard for me, like wrapping my brain around the fact that mm-hmm. I'm not going to impact everybody and then taking it one step further to say, okay, if there's someone in that room and I did not impact them, that doesn't mean I'm a bad human. Yeah. 
Oh, it means they weren't ready. Right. That's taken time because in the, it feels like at least in the world of business and it's like in, in performance, it's like this do better, like keep working, like work. And, and of course there's a drive to tweak things, but as I've learned, I tweak it the, you know, tweak it just a little bit this way. And then I lost the person on the other side. So, mm. right. And you know, we're here for the deep end. We go super deep with people super easily, mm-hmm. super quickly. Mm-hmm. And so perhaps our impact is more in like, instead of worrying about the people who aren't really our people who are like out on the fringes, mm-hmm. like that's the shallow end. Instead, just go like even deeper with the people yeah. we do connect with. Mm-hmm. Yes. that And that's been another permission slip. Mm-hmm. It's just a, because I think, <clears throat> I think I had mentioned to you, I was, you know, struggling with this core, like a course that I'm getting ready to open. It's a, you know, virtual workshop literally um two months of inner turmoil of like how to serve all like how like one of the areas for growth for me is communicating what i do and in a way that people hear right and so it that is a permission slip what you just said is to speak my language so i was trying to force myself to just to go step back and go broad but then my met it doesn't that's my frustration sign and i wish i had known that for like at least a month before, <laughs> maybe save me a month of, of wrestling. And once I recognize that, it's like, let it all, you let that fall away and go, okay, like this is, yeah, yeah. It's just, I don't know how to just, what the words are. It's freeing. It's so freeing to say, okay, well, like, it's going to be okay. And permission to go deep instead of mm-hmm. like, now we live in a, our neighborhood is like, um, you know, it's like classic suburbia now. So whenever we walk, we're always seeing our neighbors and some of them we have real conversations with, but so many of them is this like superficial surface stuff and mm-hmm. I can't handle it. Like I just, ugh, I can't. <laughs> the person that says, how are you? As they're like, like the sentence ends when they're like 10 feet past us. I'm like, eh, you don't care. Pete can handle it. He's a total champ with it. So I yeah. just like, now I don't even bother saying anything. And it's like, that is from that permission to like, I'm here to just be in the deep end. Mm, Yes, that is, that's been a challenge for me. So where that popped up for me was after Mia's surgery, when people who I knew in town, we live in a really small town. So like they knew what was happening, but yeah, I don't know that I would necessarily trust them. They're not in my inner circle. And because of that urge to go, I think it like an urge to go deep. Yeah. Like it's just like straight in my comfort zone. I really struggled with like, I don't want to talk to them about this kind of thing. Like, do I, but I felt like I had to, like this, it's like a desire to just go jump right in. And so that's where mindfulness has really helped because I take a deep breath and then I actively choose whether or not I engage. And for a while I was annoyed, like that annoyed feeling with, like, like I don't do surface level that feels inauthentic to me. And again, in therapy, she's like, that's their, that's their authentic. Like that, mm. that's not inauthentic. They're being real. They just aren't going as deep. And I, that still for me, because that's not the way I'm wired, it's hard for me to wrap my brain around. And it made for, it makes, so I, I love when I hear people like Glennon or I don't know if Oprah's ever said it, but I imagine that she says, Maybe she doesn't. Like, 
maybe Brene has said it, Brene Brown, where it's like, I love like deep conversations like this and give me on a keynote, like get me in front of thousands of people and I will rock it and bring the energy. Put me in a room of 35 and I want out it's like faster than you can count because that's for me, those social engagements, like that drove my anxiety through the roof because I felt ill-equipped. And then I would leave feeling bad about feeling going so deep. And now I'm like, oh, that's just, that's just, that's me. So like, I have to understand that not everyone's going to like that. And I'm learning how to walk into that space, that messy middle, just to be able to meet people where they are without, <laughs> like today, one of the girls' teachers came by and so, you know, it's like, you know, it's like just real quick, cause she dropped a package off way at the street. But I'm like, by the end of it, I'm like, do you feel supported? <laughs> and after she left, I'm just like, that was a really high risk question. <laughs> like, that was really deep. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> I would do so, the same thing. That's so, that's so amazing. Genuine. Like, I really wanted to know, does she feel supported? <laughs> the other thing we have is we have this penetrating energy and so (laughs) like when we ask questions like that it can scare people sometimes it's intense something i'm noticing and i'm and sometimes i'm like oh right sorry my energy is penetrating like even when i'm just like saying something to pete and i'm like "Ooh, sorry (laughs) i know that was a little intense but other times i kind of amuse myself with it with somebody who's like maybe not ready to go so deep or like, and I just see something and I say it and I don't apologize, yeah. but I kind of see their like shock and, and yeah. discomfort. And I'm just like, there's a little part of me, like a little like six-year-old me that's like giggling in the corner. <laughs> cause, you rec- Cause you can see yourself, right? Yeah. yeah. Because I think that that being able to do that then allows us to not beat ourselves up that giggle is, you know, allowing you to be who you are in the world. And then if you choose to engage differently, you can. But for me, for forever, that giggle was a roar of the inner critic. Of yes. like, what did you just say that for? Like, I wouldn't even have been able to talk to you about what I, like, I wouldn't have been able to laugh about it. And I'm not laugh. Like, I don't want to make it come across. Like, if she was uncomfortable, and I made her uncomfortable. I think that's funny. No, not at all. I'm laughing at just the fact that like, that was my genuine, it came like straight from my heart, but in reflecting on it, I'm going like, oh, like, yeah, I go, I do go deep, don't I? Like, I do go deep. And that's the reaction, because that's where I feel like we get so tripped up on ourselves, is like the judgment that comes in when we have, like when we start to grow our awareness of how we are in the world, we get judged by our inner judge and then it shuts us down. So we don't, we can't grow. Right. Yeah. And our profile, again, the four, six profile is all about like focusing on our personal transformation and sharing it with the world. Mm-hmm. Like we want to share it. We, we learn something about ourselves and we're like, oh my God, guess what? Guess what I learned about myself today? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I, I, and just, I laugh at that too, because part of this was so fun to, to bring in then, you know, with my husband, I don't know how many years we've been married now over a decade and like, he's walked through so much of this transformation with me for him to be like, yes, exactly. Like exactly this. Right. So yes. Anyways, I could talk about this forever, but it's been, it, I think it's brought levity in a way, you know, you're just like that playfulness. Like, and I am, I am 
at my core playful and I mm-hmm. like to have fun and I will like well I'll joke with my husband like I'm funny but for so long because of the perfectionist armor I felt like I had to have it all together and I had to be serious and you know it feels good to have that permission not that I needed it but just to know yeah that is me this is me yeah yeah you're to be in your play energy mm. that's when I can feel it in your posts when you're, when you post something super playful, like it's actually, it's not just that I can feel it in your posts. Like for some reason, like I won't see your post for a while. And then I see something and I, it's like the algorithm is like, Oh, Sam's in her play. Here we go. That's so funny. I love that. Yeah. Like today. Oh my gosh. I did one today. And I, yes. And that, I think that that, I don't know if it came from you, that feedback. I don't know where the feedback came from, but it was on this journey of sharing. And that that was feedback presented to me. And it was hard at first, but then I was like, there's a truth to that. Because it was from someone close to me. Was it you who gave me this feedback about, what? yeah, I don't remember. I don't know. I don't but remember it was some, things. Yeah, it was something along the lines of like, this isn't, I don't know that you, like you are adequately captured. Like it's, you know, the, the heaviness and the depth that's totally part of who I am. But then there's also this other, like, like a silly, playful, like I'm thinking of our morning, we, we, we structured the e-learning, which could be like a whole nother podcast. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, yeah. So like I started, we start every day with a dance party and are just totally silly. And so there's that part of me that's also part of me and that embracing play took, it took work to be honest, to, mm-hmm. to be able to shed the layers that, allowed me to do that. I remember reading that from Brene Brown at first and I was like, play, like literally who has time for that? Like, I was disgusted by it, you know, like that's a waste of time. Yeah. And now I'm like, no, it's essential to every day. But I see, like, as you're talking about play, I see like your true self bouncing around in a pool, like doing uh, dolphin dives back and forth. Dolphin dives. <laughs> that's so that, you that, that feels like you. Oh, freedom. Yes. Oh, yeah. And that longing to be in a pool right now. Oh my gosh, it's real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can go do it for both of us. Oh, well. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> um, the freedom. Mm. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So, yeah. as like MGs and generators, we need to clear everything away because the universe is constantly bringing stuff to us for us to respond to. Mm-hmm. and we need to make space for it so anything that is not like a full body holy hell yes it's gotta go you know where this has been tricky for me is in navigating and i and i've been you know i've been in it learning and, and trying to explore and learn to trust but d- determining is this fear or is this like a not not for me like how, what does that feel like because sometimes especially when it came to this launching of this uh, workshop, it was at first, it was the frustration because I was trying to do it a way that doesn't work for me. Like I was trying to like force myself into a system and that doesn't work for me. And then as soon as I made the decision to let that go, I lit up and it was like, yes. And then as it gets closer, it's like the fear of what if people don't sign up and the fear of what happens if it's, you know, this or what happens if they don't like it. And that's just fear. And so that has been work for me to try to, 
say, okay, here's your group I've been running and it needs to get closed. Like I know it needs to get closed because I know that if I don't close it, if that's like what you, the, the visual of the pair of jeans I'm wearing, it's like, eh, not the like, any, that's the best description because you totally know when jeans fit. Like they just, it's instant. And you're like, these ones fit. And versus the other ones that you're like, well, like, okay, maybe kind of, sort of, like them. Um, then you bring them home and then you never wear them again. And so that's a different knowing for me of like, oh, I got to close that. Yep. That's hard. It is or, hard. And, and the like, what if no one signs, signs up is a real, yeah. it's a voice I hear every single time mm-hmm. I announce something. And then I'm like, I have to talk myself through it. I'm like, yes. what, what if no one signs up? What, what does it matter? Like, exactly. You put it out there. No one even needs to know that no one signed up. Right. Or one person signed up, cool, you love one-on-one interactions, so you get to do that. You get to go super deep with one person. Yes, and that is exactly, so that, that self-talk, exactly, of, of pausing, because it's so much, so much, so many of us, so much of the time, we get stopped in that, like, half narrative, and don't ever continue to walk it down, and that's, that's something I actually work on with my girls a ton, because the anxiety spikes, and it's like, let's finish the story, you know, and so I, yes, being able to walk it down, and then at the other end of that, I don't know if it's like the emotional wave passing or what, but then comes clarity of like, yes, actually, this is a yes, I want to do it, like, let's go, yeah. Yeah, actually, good call on the emotional wave, because we've got no clarity in the now, Mm. We're like waiting for that wave to pass. And then we're like, oh, yes, I know what I want now. Yeah, that's so that one's tricky. That it was really helpful to hear another guest. And I, I don't remember what her name was. Talk about it because it was like, oh, my gosh, because I, 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 don't, I don't mind sharing this. And I'm not a mental health professional when it comes to diagnosing. That's not my area. I'm an advocate and I'm a teacher and all of those things. But from my personal experience, I was having such highs and such lows. I struggled with postpartum after my little manifester came into the world. And we hold on. That's actually really interesting because I wonder, does she only one out of four? I'm telling you. Uh huh. So I wonder if it really, what, I mean, yes, it was postpartum, but like, was it actually because there was something in her energy that you were feeling? Mm. So something, yeah. I mean, it was, it was, so challenging and I couldn't kick it. And I started, then I started seeing my, the energy worker. So she was born in May and it was like, it got so bad that I went to my OB and he said, I think you have bipolar. Like I need, you need to go see a psychiatrist. And I'm going, I know I don't have bipolar actually. And I, and I know that there are people that, that do, and this is, I am one that advocates completely to dismantle the stigma. So this is no judgment. This was just me knowing my body and knowing that I had tracked because this was part of my homework, my moods along with my cycle. And I could time it. Like I could tell you when I was going to become enter into this manic st- space and then enter into the super depressive low, like scary, scary low. I needed help. And so I started seeing my midwife who also specialized, who delivered Reese and then also specializes in this energy work and holistic herbs and all the things. And so the minute that I, I changed my diet and also added in a few things from her and I literally from that January until today have not had another super high or super low. It's like, 
I'm back. It just is. I mean, that was so powerful. Okay, wait. So um, you've got the, it's, it was Emma talking about the spontaneous highs and lows. Yeah. So the first episode with Emma Jensen. Um, so for anyone who has that emotional wave, go listen to Emma talk about it and how she felt like she was bipolar. Yeah. But I'm now thinking that a lot of people with this emotional wave are going to be like, we, so what are you eating? How do we yeah. help yeah. tone this down? So what did you change? So for me, it was, and, and, and honestly, same time as I was seeing my doctor, my cousin, so my biological cousin was going through, she struggled with her last, I don't know what her um, human design is, but she, she was diagnosed with celiacs. And so I pulled gluten and, you know, I have asthma and I um, was getting allergies to like every single fruit that existed. So it started with almonds and pitted fruit and I just started expanding to like literally everything. I'm like, what? I can't even have an apple. Like I can't even go apple picking. And so what, you know, what this, uh, my midwife slash holistic doc slash energy coach, I mean, she's been so much to me. She shared with me, it was like, when you have a baseline inflammation, so like, let's just try this. Let's pull out gluten. Let's pull out dairy. And at first I was like, I'm not giving up my cheese. So I pulled out gluten first and that worked. I mean, along with the herbs that she, she gave to me, um, some like a hormone balance blend mother wart was one of them. And then the pulling of gluten. I never, I, I've had a couple times where I've had it on accident. My mom made haddock and forgot the bread, like she put the wrong breadcrumbs on and I melt it instantly. And I mean, it's not, for me and my body, I don't quite understand it though. Part of me is like so eager to learn why and how, um, having, having it sent me into a space where I got so super low again. And it was like, it was clear that that there was a connection there and it ha it's happened maybe two or three more times. So then I ended up pulling out dairy and I, so both and it, so my little manifester has a legit dairy allergy. It's anaphylactic. And so that it's, it just works for us and our family. So we just clean that out. Yeah. Do you yeah. still have asthma? So I've done the myofascial work and I, yes, I still do. I mean, I still, and that was hard for me to wrap my brain around and embrace that perfectionist part, rejected that for a long time, but I do take my inhalers every day. Yeah. I wish that would go away. <laughs> um, I don't, but you know, were you, were you at Cape, I mean, were you at Cape Ann still? Cause we, we parted ways at that merger. Yeah. I have vivid memories of swimming and I mean, there's buckets of chlorine spilled on the Yeah. Back. We all had asthma. So I asked that because when I gave up gluten and then I did a bunch, then I healed my gut mm. the first time and I did a ton of acupuncture. Mm. Um, I haven't taken my inhalers. Like I don't have an up-to-date prescription and mm. I was on the most heavy doses you could take. Mm. Um, I've not, you know, I haven't tried acupuncture, but I'd love to. Yeah. Cause I think when I was doing my, the myofascial consistently, I would feel an absolute difference in my breathing for sure. Yeah. And it, that's also one of the things that I, you know, when I am not taking my inhalers or I get sick and it goes to my lungs, that triggers me with mm -hmm. the trauma history because I yes. can't breathe well. So I am, I am on, on board with those right now, but I'm open to, yeah. I mean, what I've gone through with the, from hearing that from your doctor that like, he's like, I think you may be bipolar to, you know, having trauma on my wall and 
postpartum depression and an eating disorder and depression and suicidal ideation already. It was just like, are you like, I can't <laughs> the deep knowing the deep knowing that like, no, actually like, no, like it's just something else here. Yeah. Because I, also hey. that gate 46 that we were talking about, I think before we started recording that love of your body. Yeah. The other thing it is, is it's like you signed up for a PE major here in earth school. So mm. you're going to feel everything in your body. That's actually, and that was, um, I've heard that feedback from, from, and actually from this doctor who was an amazing, you know, he, he helped oversee Reese's. So my fourth, um, who I keep calling my manifester her birth, because I had a C-section with my twins. And then I decided that I wanted to have a back with her, which comes with some risk. And he was very supportive of that holistic, like having a midwife on board and all of that. Um, but he did say to me, and so did she, my energy worker, she, they said to me that you, you have such a high, you're so tuned into the, to your body that like what you're feeling, most people wouldn't even notice. That's I've gotten so feedback so many times being, yeah. I've been told I'm a Ferrari. Like mm. you're really like a high performance machine and that like one little thing is off and you're going to notice it. Yeah. And it's something is, that most people don't know. So that's great and not great. Like, yeah. So that I think helps us become, you know, that when we talk about like kinesthetically aware and just, yeah, there's a lot of benefits and upside to that. And then it's also, I think when the default is something's wrong with me, I'm broken. That can be so dangerous because the minute something happens, yeah, it can produce anxiety spiral. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I can think of all the times, um, like my stress fractures, my pneumonia, all the like, uh, the, the gut issues, the hormonal issues, the like fear of never healing. Mm. And I had to like, it was just like, I kept getting given that like, okay, take this class again. All right. Again, you're going to repeat this over and over and over again until you learn to trust. Mm. Oh my gosh. So you just brought me back. I don't think we've ever talked about this. So before Kylie, so our oldest was conceived, I was post swimming. So I'd retired after a national championship, teaching full-time coaching, swimming full-time coaching, high school swimming full-time. And like my husband was working two jobs and he was working. My cord was always like Mm -hmm. through the roof. And I decided that because what else was I going to do? I was going to run half marathons. Like I just did. And we had wild goals, like running with, I mean, I played soccer, but I was not a runner. And the, you know, so I, I didn't have my period. I, I absolutely wasn't diagnosed with red S then because it wasn't a thing then, but like I had red S for sure. I had low bone density, no period. And that's when the doctor, we saw a specialist because we were thinking about starting a family and I never ovulated. I never had my period. And he's like, yeah, you're pre-diabetic. And I'm like, I'm a what? And I'm like, I'm lighter than I've ever been in my life. And I had an eating disorder. Like, are you kidding me? I lost all my muscle mass from swimming. And I was like, going, going, going. And he's like, your cortisol. And he explained to me the interaction with all the, you know, the cortisol and the androgens and all of this. And you know what he suggested? Meditation. <laughs> so <laughs> you talk about like. seed is planted. You know, well, so that like, so with, with Greg, the healing that happened you know, 10 years before that, after Sydney, when I was battling depression and injured, like that's what, so my mentor who helped me heal through all the hard things, that was what he sent, he introduced mindfulness to me. So it's like, 
literally 10 years later, um, okay, go back to this. Like, this is what works. Like you can't actually work harder and make, get your way up. Like you can't, there's no, you can't try harder to get out of this to conceive a baby. Like you actually have to rest and let your body recover and, and nourish. And then, you know, four kids later, like, it's like, oh my goodness. I, oh, yeah. Also like meditation for us, like you, me, Mm-hmm. the right angle cross of penetration like our ability mm-hmm. to have a sense for the future it feels mm-hmm. to me like it's a bigger it's bigger than just lowering cortisol it's it's more about stillness mm-hmm. so we can hear because we need to hear things yes it's like it, make space yeah. for because like because what we're here to do is be intuitive and hear whatever we need to hear mm-hmm And that is where I feel so connected to source. So if I'm not meditating or it it doesn't, and I, you know, I teach this, like meditation is one way to strengthen our mindfulness muscle. So sometimes I will, like this morning, as I was taking a shower, I said to myself, like, I'm going to feel the water, you know? So in those moments where I'm just, because my mind is really busy, like all of our minds and taking that time for stillness to just be that's where I feel like I get plugged in and connected to source. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And that, that's where I visualize. So I don't know if that's related to the future piece or the specific manifesto. That's the specific I- manifesto piece. Cause I finally stopped doing that because I mm-hmm. really don't like it. I did a really successful um, race plan before worlds. Oh, it was in Auckland. I think it was 2012. And I, like everything except for except for one guy from another country kind of boxing me out on the run everything Mm. went exactly how it had been in the plan and Mm. I was so disappointed because I was I found it so boring oh my gosh because I'm like what do you mean whoa okay yeah so that's me like realizing like oh so that's the difference between specific manifestors and non-specific I'm non-specific and I'd so much rather be like I want to go as what's possible. Like, Hey universe, show me what's possible. I want to go as fast as possible. It's so, that's so powerful. And this makes me think, cause I work with athletes, right. And we talk about, we, we have these conversations and, and talking about like ideal races and what that looks like. And yeah. <laughs> and I, and I've been yeah. visualizing since if I can't remember if I did it before high school or not, but like mm. for years, I remember lying on the pool deck getting like, little cuts on my spine from the tiles Mm -hmm. because we would do a pre-workout visualization as like championship season came and you know like I had a lot of experience with visualization it was I wonder this is such an interesting question for me because there's there's research that shows you know that when we visualize our minds know no different so you're building those neural pathways so is it beneficial for you in some way but without the details of it. I don't like, how do you, I don't know. Like what's, what does that middle look like where you yeah. can extract that to contribute to your performance or is it just that visualization for a non-specific? Well, is it also, work? I have, I crave newness. Mm. And so if it feels like a rerun, I'm bored. <laughs> I don't, that's so funny. Uh, yeah. That it's very rare. Like, yeah. I, well, I still don't watch a lot of TV or movies, but I don't like to watch the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you have the same gate. Oh, you don't. You don't. 
Um, it's gate one. Um, it's like, I always need new. It's newness for like the sake of self-expression, but also, mm. yeah, I don't like reruns. Um, like I will not listen to this episode before it airs and probably not when it airs because I'm here already. It's <laughs> so funny. So that's not just because you're avoiding being hypercritical because that's probably what would be that driver for me is like, and that, I actually, yeah. I have to count backwards. So when I watch my material with the intention, intentionally watching it to grow and learn and see what I said, because I don't, I won't remember, I don't remember what I share. Like I'll go up on stage, I visualize ahead of time or, you know, a performance if I'm thinking of swimming, like the details are all laid out. And then the minute I get up, I surrender and I just let it happen. And I do not remember. I'll get off and go, like, I don't know what I say. I have no idea what I said. So for me watching, I have to use those metacognitive tricks to force myself back into that space. Mostly because at least this is how I've understood it because I have that critical voice that's so loud. It takes so much energy to shut it up or not shut it up, but just say like, go ahead. You can hop in the back seat. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, I mean, I won't say that I'm 100% free from that at all. Mm. Like, I don't. But the, I think that the, the lack of desire to listen to this again is, it comes from a couple places. It's not coming from fear of the judge. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, Which I hate repeating I... myself. <clears throat> so that's another one that's good to know. Good to know, right? It grows your awareness and relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So much. This... Human design is a total game changer when it comes to relationships, understanding someone else's emotional wave, understanding um, just like the way they process things, understanding and being able to celebrate them when they are using their gifts Mm -hmm. and recognizing when they're not and being like, that's not yours. That's not Mm -hmm. for you. Get out of there. So we, right. We don't know what drops my husband's centers are like what his like, actual design is we can kind of guess but I think the two of us and what and then sharing with him he so I have the spontaneous waves right <laughs> I imagine them as these massive like because they do feel this way it's like not just like a small roller coaster it's like this massive roller coaster of is it like the, the the box that just drops you Oh yeah, like the, right. It's just so high. But you, but I think that part of my design is also the the extremes, understanding the human extremes. Yeah. And so there's that. He, I feel very strongly that has that open amplifying center, like the that. Um, mm-hmm. Which yes, yeah, so his solar um, plexus is his open. solar plexus, because it. But that, and that has been so freeing for him to say, like, I think he's like, I think I just picked up your energy. It happened yesterday, yesterday morning. I just was. I was having a spontaneous flow. And I know the tools that I need. I think that's part of this too, is like, you don't have to surrender. No, you have, surrendering is helpful. You don't have to resign to this, like, oh, you know, this is just how it's going to be. Like I have tools that I actually put in place and I went for my walk. I did my meditation and I know it's going to, I know it's going to shift out. In the meantime, though, he's like, he walks through the door after our walk, which is one of my tools. He's like, I, I am so tired. I think I just picked your energy up. Like, I'm so done. <laughs> like he was in a great mood ahead of that, you know? So we, we can is, laugh about it, but yes. yeah. So then the work becomes, okay, what tools does he need in order to let that move through him and not own it? It's not mm-hmm. his. Yeah. So, oh, that's yeah. so good. That's so powerful <laughs> too. Oh, is there anything else? Bites, you know? <laughs> yes. Is there anything else we need to talk about? I mean, we need to talk about everything <sighs> and we could keep this, going for like days and maybe that's something we should do 
Yeah. Um, but right now, <laughs> what else? Do yeah, we no, I think just, I think getting curious about it is, and even as someone that works with clients, like now my next, the next step in this for me is like, how did, you know, inviting them in and, and encouraging them to go explore with you what that is so that that helps me. Cause I'm curious how that would inform my practices almost. As well, a coach. Absolutely. Like, and when you're working with even just talking about specific versus non-specific manifesting, like, mm-hmm. are you going to give somebody a strategy or not? Right. Right. Because, and then I think the understanding and the awareness, I, that's my whole thing. Like that's this awareness is like my, I feel like it's just part of the reason that's part of the impact is like we, when we grow awareness, it's so empowering, it's liberating, it's freeing. And in my growing my own awareness, I'm now like, oh, motivation is actually present for some people. So when I stand on stage or I'm talking and I'm writing a post about how it comes in waves. And so just it's allowing me to see myself differently, um, which that four, six part, right? That's part of that too, which yeah. that, that's been helpful. Like, in some of the stories that I was telling myself and letting that go and just saying, no, that's just how the world sees me and how I see myself. Um, but it's allowed me to see myself differently and also like extend that awareness and compassion to others of it's not personal. Like this isn't, it's, it's almost helped me strengthen that detached love mm-hmm. that that's been a word of mine on my, I have my, you know, my notepad, of how I'm going to show up every week and I write my intentions at the top and detached has been one of the most powerful lately because it's just like cut that cord and I love you and I can serve you and I'm here for you. And also I'm going to cut away all those conditions. Yes. Like, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's free. I think I just encourage people to, to like when they have that inner pull and curiosity to just honor, explore mm-hmm. it, get curious. And then when you look at the human design chart and you're like, um, yeah, I have no idea. Like you don't have to learn it all yourself unless you want to, like you can actually onboard help. Yeah. As my friend Karen Kenny said, she's like, it looks like alien. And I was like, guess what? I speak alien. Totally. And that, 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 that I don't know. I don't know where the perfectionist overlays into this. It's just, and that's what just conditions or if there's some design types that are more prone to that. I'm curious about that, but that, perfectionist lie that, you know, embracing and onboarding help means you don't have it all together. You can't figure it out yourself. Like, no, like it's a choice. Yeah. And as four sixes, we learn from people. Mm. We need to just find our people and learn from them. I know. Well, I keep saying you're, you're just like out there a few miles ahead of me and you just keep passing the baton back. Which (laughs) is okay. We, I had shared this with you when we first did our reading that it's like, I can't, we were like hanging out in soul land together. (laughs) And then I got the call to come to our school and I'm like, all right, we'll see you soon. And like, I'll go check out this area. Yes. And And you just keep passing all this. Cause it has every, I think of every huge step, like I think quantum leap almost and growth that I've had. It's like, every, at every intersection or like that point has been with you, like mm-hmm. reaching forward and saying, okay, like, yes, I'm ready. Let's go. You know, it's been all different kinds of work, but I love this. Yeah. It has. And it's <laughs> like, we are here to be like skipping through life together, together or separately. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, 
my goodness. Thank you for doing these too. And mm -hmm. I, and I, and I, you know, for me as well as you know, I would, I mean, my girls, like, especially my big kids. Yeah. And that, you know, and, that just makes my heart so happy. Mm -hmm. So happy. If I could go give past me a gift, it would be really, truly understanding my design. Mm -hmm. Like 10 year old me getting permission to be me. Wow. I'll have to send you, I, I, she recorded a 15 minute webinar. And so I chunked it and was trying to, <laughs> this is an area for growth for me, navigating the structures of social media. So I shared it to my story. I think I did at least. Um, I tried to chunk her talk, but there were so many parts of it. So it was 15 minutes. She, she like set up the camera with my whiteboard and was talking about like, honoring her inner wisdom and all these like nuggets that you know she's pulled from like your voice and the voices of your guests and mom's voice and what we talk about and read about and I was just like oh my goodness it's all like a little bit messy and in it in her like she's working it through in her way but to see it come together I'm like this is I'm, like this is so beautiful yeah uh -huh. we would probably need to have her on the podcast <laughs> how fun would that be <laughs> I'm curious what she'd share yeah. I'm so, oh, that would be so fun. Um, so you've got a new program coming up. I think it starts before, so this is, this episode is going to air next week. Um, but how can people find you, learn about anything you've got coming up? Yeah. So SamanthaLivingstone.com, social media. So I try to show up. I'm with you here. We've been having this on and off relationship. Yeah. Um, but I, in honoring when it feels good, I, I don't force it anymore. That's for sure. So on Facebook at S Livingstone Wellness and then on Instagram S and then it's L I V I N S T N. Um, but my website, we're, I'm revising that too, to get all aligned, but the ride the wave, it's, I don't, it's not too late to join. If this comes out next week, we'll be starting on Monday, but it will be available. And that one is a, it's a workshop to strengthen emotional resilience. And I'm infusing mindfulness practices. It's literally like what we were talking about with the teaching skills. I feel like really it's kind of a culmination of all the things I've learned along the way that have like, you know, with, with the pandemic happening in this moment in time. And I couldn't sit the final yes for me. And I feel it so strongly in my body right now, as I share it with you was sitting, like I couldn't live with the idea that I'm sitting on tools that could help people who are struggling. Like I, I make me cry. Like I can't. Mm. So, cause the inner critics like not now people can't pay for this. Like don't do this. Like no, it's one more thing. Like everything, like remote learning this and, and the, that inner voice was like, no, like, like these, these tools. Cause this time has been hard for me and I know you're wrapping up, but I, I, I wanna, I'll share here if it's okay with you. I am in recovery from an eating disorder and I've been solidly in recovery for so since 2002, so 18 years, and two weeks ago, I was really struggling, and that voice came back, and, and I, the voice doesn't necessarily go away when you're in recovery, but it doesn't have power over you, and given this time, the circumstance, the fear that's pulsing through our culture, and, the, and just all the things, it had grabbed and gotten in the driver's seat for like four hours, and I share, four hours sounds like a long time, but that could have been days, weeks, months, like it's such a strong voice. And so I knew what was happening. I had the awareness and I had the tools. And so for me, sitting on the fact that I have these tools that can help people who are struggling 
is like, I, I can't, I just have, I have to share. Yeah. So thanks for letting me share that. Yeah. And thank right you. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. Just no words right now. when this is done. I know I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for asking me to come back on. <laughs> I love you. You'll probably be back again oh. many times. I just <laughs> love playing with you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. All right, you guys, we did it. Please reach out to both of us on social media. As you heard, we are both four sixes and we absolutely positively love humans and thrive on connection. So we really want to hear from you. And if you are interested, if you're feeling the need for more support, definitely check out Sam's program, Ride the Wave. It's at samanthalivingstone.com slash ride dash the slash wave. And... If you're interested in getting your own human design reading, diving really deep into your unique chart, go to kelseyabbott.com slash human design. We can do an individual reading, which is just for you. We dive into everything, profile, energy type, incarnation cross, all your gates, all your channels, anything else that comes through for you. Or get a partner reading, which you can do with a romantic partner, business partner, sibling, friend, parent, child whoever you want to, you both essentially get individual readings and we look at how your charts interact with each other. Give you some tips on making the best out of your relationship, really truly supporting each other and look at the magic that you two create together. You can also get that at kelseyabbott.com slash human design. In other news, if you'd like some free meditations, absolutely positively free, go to kelseyabbott.com slash meditations. And I've been doing these weekly core classes on Saturdays at 4 p.m. Eastern throughout quarantine. They have been so fun. Yesterday's class ended with absolute hilarity, which means laughing, which is great core workout on top of the rest of the core workout. I cannot promise hilarity every time, but if you're into that and if you're into building a strong core, go to kelseyabbott.com slash core. It's a donation only class you can donate any amount you feel like donating and come to class, come play with us. Also, if you'd like to support the Find Your Awesome podcast financially, go to patreon.com slash Kelsey Abbott. That's it. That's all for today. I love you. I'm going to go ride my bike.